welcome to the new season and welcome to today's podcast, which is a talk with Terry Geyer. He is the man that uh, mapped the perhaps the most important development of Silicon Valley 2.0, which is the field of biotech. What follows is a portion of a conversation with Terry Geyer. It's funny, I had, uh, I had started listening to uh, an interview with Freeman Dyson, yet another one of those genius guys that worked on the Manhattan Project that was just a young teenager, uh, another brilliant mm-hmm. scientist. And post-war, after everything was over and computers were beginning to take off, and they were talking, he was talking with Francis Crick as to what they should do with their lives now. And uh, Cold War's on and all this kind of changes happening and accelerating. And at one point, um, Freeman said, I think the future is going to be in biology. You know, I think this computer thing will help it along, but I think at some point biology is going to be where things really take off and accelerate even faster. Uh, and I was wow. kind of, yeah, I was, I was always kind of struck by that, that, you know, some, some of those smart people really have a long view that it's, it's far beyond anything I can grasp, but you worked on a series of maps that looked at after Silicon Valley had grown up and it had become this, its own kind of strange industry. What was that like? What was it like for you? Okay. Um, well, it was, it was very interesting. I, 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 uh, was born and raised in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and moved out here in 1976. Hmm. So it was still the early stages of Silicon Valley, uh, where like Polaroid and uh, you know IBM was here, and uh, the uh, you know the, the the desktop computer was not you know yeah. anything yet. And later on, um, there was the Apple Macintosh. Not the Apple Mac, not the Apple the Apple II, mm-hmm. and I did meet Steve Wozniak, and so it was you know and I, I did some I was doing graphic design uh, work at the time, and uh, you know I did things like uh, brochures for people that were were making uh, PC board mm-hmm. tracings, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was sort of very uh, industrial and uh, early stages, you know, sort of a transition from um, other kinds of industries into a, this new computerized industry. So even then, as things were kind of changing, and it goes from literally one week, it's it's a bunch of orchards and, and groves to oh they're right. pulling it all out, yeah, and turning it into Activision or something. Um, yeah. But you felt the gravity of that whole change too. I mean, it affects you uh, in in the direction of what your career is going into. Um, yeah, I mean, I just kind of stumbled into it. You know, I was mm-hmm. doing graphic. Uh, design in the first in, in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, and, and then uh, uh, down in Silicon Valley. And as I was in Silicon Valley, I started seeing all these strange kind, kinds of requests for uh, materials for that kind of interest industry. Mm. Then, then there were still a lot of orchards around and, uh, you know, you know, farmers markets where you could get locally grown stuff everywhere. Mm. Um, but quickly those orchards were disappearing and they were being leveled and making you know, just one story buildings for these companies at the time, you know, and big sprawling one story buildings and in the South Bay where property was fairly cheap. Yeah. Then they started developing, uh, well, Hewlett Packard was a real early on company, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they were located in a beautiful orchard. <laughs> 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 well, 
which still existed into the nineties. Oh, wow. uh, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, but it was one of the, the last ones, you know, places had been leveled, you know, going towards uh, further South mm-hmm. and it was just becoming kind of a very boring um, sort of suburb of, of industrialization. But but you were you were working, but all of a sudden you start getting pulled into jobs here and jobs there, and and next thing you know you're doing some pretty specialized stuff uh, in terms of artwork for all this these technical companies. Yeah, I, I um in the '90s, early '90s, uh, was working on transitioning from um, graphic design to illustration, and I had run a um, an ad in in a more localized um uh illustration uh presentation mm-hmm. and uh it, it was uh you know there, there was that was always available in new york you know those kinds of illustration directories but there was somebody that was developing one out here uh-huh. and so it got around a lot um you know everybody was looking at it so i from that someone called me from um let's see what were they called at the time I can't even remember, but uh, they, uh, they were a, a woman and her husband that were doing these uh, uh, promotional advertising things about uh, uh, companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, her father was a, a, a venture capitalist in the Silicon Valley. And so she kind of knew about these companies. And first she started with Silicon, uh, with, with the computer industry. Mm-hmm. Um Silicon Valley, and then she got into that biotechnology was going to be the really big thing. Yeah. And uh, so at that time, she started doing um, illustrated maps for uh, those companies where she would sell space on it. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd get your logo and your building on a sort of a distorted uh, map of the area. And... uh, she ran it like a contest, you know, for an artist to to do, and they, they approached me that that way, you know. I mean, they basically wanted me to, you know, do a map, and and uh, they would choose between my map and everybody else's and see if it win. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do you a small mock-up of an area, and um, and but they liked it very much. It was it, it was good, and and uh, so I did. The first map I did for him was 1993 okay. for um, Biotech Beach, they called it, which was the San Diego area. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were they were just starting up a, a biotech industry in San Diego. Uh, her first that she had done had been for Biotech Bay, which is in San Francisco area. Yeah. So I did their first Biotech Beach map, and then. Uh, Basically, I just kind of ended up taking over all of it. You know, they were letting me do all the other ones as well. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can imagine that. Too. I I think all that uh, concentration towards like Scripps and La Jolla and that whole area that there's always been this kind of bio um, focus, which I interestingly almost kind of goes full circle. I think goes back to Leo Salard, another one of those guys that worked on the Manhattan Project. That at the end of his career. He ended up setting up his institution down there, and that was his whole focus, was all things bio. So that makes sense. But by the time that you do the Biotech Bay maps, I, I think we had uh, one from 1995, and it's still showing the entire state, literally going it from like – It shows the entire state, but yeah. what it is, is it's, a, it's a distorted state map, mm-hmm. which is basically just all, all of the biotech 
all of the uh, San Francisco area, and then it kind of dwarfs down to the Southern California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's all where all of them have been, because I, I I do a biotech beach and and reverse of that, where it just shows all of the um, San Diego area and then and then the northern part of the. The idea is, is so that the, the the state of California is still identifiable, and but the focus is on that particular area. We we even had uh, from uh, the 1995, we had a T-shirt uh, with your Biotech Bay map on it, and it just it kind of hit me then that no, yeah, <laughs> I was wondering where you found me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but it hit me that if you really wanted to ident- identify a movement and that you know there was this kind of distilled sense of identity in an industry. Oh, this is the way to do it. And it, it also kind of becomes this overlay of how you think differently uh, about an area from there on too. that. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a pretty big impacting thing in many ways. So uh, yeah, were you doing do lots of t-shirts? Oh, did uh, they? Oh yeah. T-shirts for every area. Yeah. And uh, it was very popular with uh, all the employees for uh, the, these biotech companies. Uh, we'd run into people with those shirts on all over the place. Um, they were highly popular. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> what other areas did you do? I, I know there was uh, Biotech Beach Bay. Was there some stuff, I think, for back in the Midwest that you might have covered? Uh, yeah, so it was Bio Midwest. Um, there was Gene uh, um, Town, which is uh, Boston area. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, it was farm country, which is uh, basically East Coast, uh, uh, New York, and uh, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and Connecticut. Uh, and then um, BioCapital, which was, you know. Um, Virginia, D.C. Yeah, yeah, showing all, uh, most of that were, were, were government um, involvement companies. Yeah. You know, that, uh, and uh, we did, later on, we did Texas and Canada and uh, those didn't really take off. They're really small, yeah. smaller market. Same degree. But, yeah, uh, it, I guess that's the other lesson. Um, uh, I, the thing about the digital age is, I, you know, supposedly from the beginning, it wasn't going to matter where you live and you could just be connected virtually, et cetera, et cetera. But actually, in a lot of industries, it does matter. And that concentration really breeds this whole kind of cross-pollinization, workers having the fluidity of moving from company to company, drags ideas and energy uh, in different places. And a lot of times it really does, it demands a certain level of smart. Uh, I, it's, it's no coincidence that that Bay Area thing of being by Stanford and Berkeley and all these other companies or colleges, that it really does, it builds a concentration that once it gets momentum, uh, it starts taking on a whole different character. Oh yeah, and it's it's famous around here that um, you work for one company for a while, uh, and, uh, and 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 then um, you get laid off. When but we we will have uh, five years of boom and five years of bust. So when the bust came, people lost their jobs, and they ended up moving into other companies. And then when the boom came, that they were someplace else so there was a lot of cross-pollination and there's so many brilliant people around here with uh, stanford and and cal uh berkeley that they were developing this talent and a a lot of the um you know the top people taught in those uh, universities Mm -hmm. especially Mm -hmm. as they you know moved out of their own businesses and to uh 
you know, something a little different for them in the education. And, and so, yeah, so yes, there was so much cross pollination and there would be, you know, top people in these different companies that, that started out just really tiny little things and, and garages and, and, uh, you know, small office buildings. Gradually they would, they would build up and, and, uh, and these people became like magnets for yeah. the brilliant uh, students coming out of these, these schools. Yeah. I, I guess that's the essential thing is it's, um, it's more, it's more of an ecosystem than I suppose sometimes you realize, but somebody had pointed out that while Silicon Valley's almost become this, this world power, uh, this kind of unchecked, oh, yeah. unchecked force, um, we realize that now, um, but the the hint is that the biotech industry could be that next level when computing. Uh, the biotech industry is just as solid, and if not even stronger, yeah. than, than um, the computer industry now. Yeah, um, it is quite amazing around here. Uh, the brilliant people that you run into all the time, and. The, and and the money that's around here. Uh, yes, it, of, it's, it's really crazy. Yeah, it's of <laughs> colossal proportions that you think of empires. Uh, it's yes. yeah, it's very deep. And I have to say, you're one of I really envy in a lot of ways, not just your skill, but uh, you've had the chance to meet and talk with and kind of get the the sense on a lot of these important people. I. For heaven's yes. sakes, it goes from Gordon Moore to Wozniak uh, to everybody yeah. in between. Um, and mm-hmm. this has been part of an ongoing project that you've had of doing paintings for Silicon Valley luminaries. Can you tell us a yeah. bit about the whole experience of doing portraiture for the the kind of giants whose shoulders we're standing on right now? Uh, what, what was that like? Uh, well, it, it was very interesting. I, I met. The supplier who stretched canvases for me had uh, come down to deliver some canvases to me and uh, for a portrait. And I, he said, you know, he had a client down here that wanted to that had lost his his uh, portrait artist, and, uh, and he asked him to come down and, and, and bring suggestions because uh, this guy that was that did this the um, stretchers and and canvas for uh you know famous artists basically and, wow. and all over uh the area and all over the country at the time and i said well you know i'm um here's my brochure of uh, like portraits you know I said, yeah can i have that i said sure I'll give it to him so i was in working in menlo park at the time i had had my studio in menlo park and that same afternoon the gentleman called me and uh, he, he liked the idea that he was in Atherton, which is just you know ten minutes away mm-hmm. from me, and and uh, so he he wanted me to come and meet him. By he was also a property developer. He was a, he was a retired patent attorney and a property developer. And the, the first uh, portrait that he had, had made had something like um, fifteen inventors on it, or the really early inventors, and uh, with their inventions. And uh, had Stanford University in the background of it, and it was 18 feet wide by nine feet tall. It's a truck. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty much life size. Um, that's what he wanted me to see. I, I went to see it, and I said, "I said, yeah, it's, it's gorgeous." And, you know, and then he told me what he wanted to, 
uh, what he was thinking about doing was was uh, you know different industries, uh, and he he said he was in his 80s at the time, hmm. and he said he was concerned that the these inventors were still around that first did these things, but they were dying off, and you know, uh, and he he thought that they needed to be remembered before they passed, and yeah. and he wanted to interview them as well. So uh, he decided you know, like five inventors per painting, and he wanted them to be nine feet by six feet. And we talked about it, and he started dragging me around to, to the different companies and meeting people. And uh, that same day, wow, <laughs> took me Holy... up to Ampex in a couple places. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I think new people uh, firsthand. And, uh, yeah, wow. and so. I pitched him and said, you know, how much would it be? And I said, and I told him per in- inventor. And he said, well, that's the same thing he was paying the other guy. And so that was fine. Um, uh, it was quite lucrative. Mm-hmm. So we decided we had to start finding these people. And Gordon Moore was the first one we approached. Wow. We managed to, at the Computer History Museum, we managed to talk one gentleman into giving me his, his email address. Mm. So he, he responded, and then it got to be a little easier as we went on because we could say, well, you know, we've seen Gordon Moore, yeah. and we've seen uh, <laughs> Ted Hoff, and, you know, and, and then they go, oh, okay, okay, well, you guys are all right. You're legit, and yeah. It does come. Yeah. And uh, Wozniak, Harold, was just my client, had me. Uh, start trying to find some of these people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wozniak, I, I was able to find a, a phone number for him uh, on that was listed for his website, the ownership of the website. So my client called him, and it was his cell phone, and it was in Zurich or something like that oh when he <laughs> got, the, wow. got the phone call. <laughs> wow. And so we set up a lunch meeting. We talked to him about it and what we were doing and, and uh, that we were, you know, we needed him, you know, something to do with what he was doing, you know, and uh, he suggested that, you know, wiring a, a PC board for an, an Apple one. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we said, well, you know, we hoped he would have brought the, the PC board for the Apple one with him because he has one. He said, well, you know, can we, come and see you at, at home. And so she says, sure, I'm accessible. And we, so we made a, we went to his home and he had all the stuff there. And uh, he had like the original tools that he did the, uh, made the first. Yeah. You know, so, like literally, so literally in the room where it was, where it all happened. Yeah. He had this, this old plywood desk <laughs> and for Denza that he, his dad built or he built and it, it no finish on it and um, that's what he worked on soldering away yeah soldering away he did a beautiful soldering job sometimes pc boards and his he had two dogs were down by his feet you know while he was working you know and wow. uh, and he's a real practical joker so he had had the the um soldering iron in place i said well you don't have to you know hold this just he said, "Oh, it's getting hot." I said, "Well, you're not that holy." And he said, "Just he lifts up the soldering gun and it's not plugged in." You know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> I still had a sense of humor after all these years. Yeah, that's great. That's one thing that hit me immediately in getting a chance to talk with you. I, I went back and was looking at you know all the the important part, portraits that were done for 
Newton, Isaac Newton at the time, or Darwin at the time, or even Einstein. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there is this incredible kind of uh, lifeless de facto portrait of these people. Whereas the work that you've done, the one thing that seems to be this undercurrent is you're catching people. It's a person. They're alive. There's a lot going on. There's this sense, uh, some inner activity. It's not just this is what they looked like. Um, you were always able yeah. to get how do you is in meeting them? Is there something that you just start to pick up or how does that work? If you could. Well, I'd, I'd meet them. Um, so I got to know them a little bit. You know, it's only pretty much one meeting. Sometimes I saw people two or three times. It's sort of how I I, I wanted the people to be really the to, uh, my client wanted to show, show them with their inventions, but I always, rather than having them just, you know, kind of doing what they were doing, I, I always wanted them to be looking at, at the uh, viewer, Yeah. you know, and, and I'd get a feeling for how they moved and everything. And, and I mean, I had to piece all these things together by, you know, when an inventor first comes up with an invention, he's not famous. Mm -hmm. So there's no photographs of them or anything, you know, I mean, I'm lucky if I can get a black and white press photograph of their face. So, you know, I, and Tom Fogarty, who invented a, uh, the ablation catheter, mm -hmm. uh, was, he didn't even have any pictures of himself as, you know, as a young man or anything. I had to, had to uh, I think I got, we had a high school photograph in his yearbook oh or something. Oh my gosh. But I, I had to take his, I had to take his look and kind, kind of then backdate him. Wow. You know, I photographed him in the, in the studio and I sort of backdated him. And then uh, we were working on at the Peninsula Hospital for a background for um, uh, catheters, uh, you know, a room where they were they were doing uh, angioplasties. Tom Fogarty used to work there, and everybody just loved him. I was just a wonderful guy. And so they saw that what I was doing of him, pictures of him, uh, of the painting, and they said, "Yeah, it looks just like him." Oh, yeah, that's so, awesome! It's like <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and that's I, I suppose that's the the other thing is you get out of looking at all the different individual paintings is you get the sense of diversity of personality. Older portraiture it tends to be you know standardized or something along those lines, or even just made right. to work in its own composition, but. There's something about uh, each person in your portrait is alive, uh, and it doesn't seem mm. that th it doesn't seem that they're just there. <laughs> they're there for compositional reasons. Th they hold their own space and they hold their hold their own individuality and everything, which is really impressive. And yeah, I could. It's funny you should mention the whole thing with Waz because I you could sense that kind of twinkle in his eye even in looking at the portrait that you did. <laughs> There's, oh yeah, yeah. It's quite a character. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else out of, I mean, any other people that you've, that really kind of impacted you in the midst of all the work? I'm sure there's gobs of folks that you interacted with in doing the portraits. Um, well, pretty much all of them were, were um, very uh, welcoming, mm. uh, free with their time with us, helped to give us whatever we wanted. Doug Engelbart invented the mouse. Mm -hmm. um, he was, he had developed Alzheimer's pretty badly, and so he was just a sweetheart, though. Mm. And uh, he he lightened up every every time I you know I met him several times, and he'd uh, ask what my name was again, and I'd tell him my name, and 
uh, Terry Geyer. He he had a childhood friend who was named Geyer. Oh, and so he always light up when I told him what my name was again. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. I have to ask, too, while you go all the way back to the beginning of that whole era, you also touch on uh, you also did portraits for Zuckerberg and Mark Andreessen from <laughs> which that. Uh, and now yeah, we're on to the was, Empire was, era. Yeah. And my client was uh, um, went in uh, computer networking as a um and this the last two paintings I did for him before he passed away were uh, computer networking and uh, the internet. Mm. He wanted to just do computer networking, and I, I, I there was a friend of mine who worked at at uh, the Computer History Museum, mm-hmm. and we went over, and he he kept going. You can't just you know these are the networking guys that early on that made Cisco and and uh, all this this the early wiring things on uh, Roberts and, uh, you know, the, the ARPANET. Mm-hmm. And said, you just can't group them with the internet no. guys, you know, um, and we can only have five people on a painting. So I talked to you know, my client and he says, fine, just do an internet painting too. And the networking people I was able to get a hold of, but the, the internet people, I couldn't get to them directly. Interesting. Um, uh, I sent packages to um, each of them, their their direct assistants and stuff. And, and uh, the guy for eBay, uh, one of his assistants said that he would get a hold of me, but he never did. Hmm. But what I, I sent a couple packages. And the second one I sent him, I said, listen, if I don't hear back from you and if we can't get together, I understand you're busy and you're working on you know this and that. But... If not, then I'm going to use available resources mm-hmm. and make the painting instead with that. Mm-hmm. So none of them really got back to me. I said, I, uh, your your approval will be assumed unless I hear from anybody else here that you don't want to be in the wow. painting. So the, so the Internet one was really fun. I could just do anything I wanted because nobody ever got back to me. And, and that got to be... And it, it sort of centered on the, the Yahoo sign yes. in, in San Francisco. Yes. So I got a really a lot of great visual stuff there. And I got Zuper, Zuckerberg barefoot yeah. uh, with a Macintosh. Yeah. Uh, in his first office was just above a, a grocery store or something. <laughs> and they would just sit around on the floor, uh, you know, barefoot and drinking happen. beer. And, <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to me that you went from – uh, shaking hands and being friendly with Doug Engelbart or Gordon Moore to you can't get a call returned uh, for that final generation. That that says something to me about the culture. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, they, they were um, uh, authentic, real people yeah. uh, early on. That, and then the Internet group was just it was so many billions of dollars that they're dealing with constantly mm-hmm. and so much. And it was so of the time. Most of those other people, this is something that passed through a, a while back. So, you know, right. talking about old times and stuff, and it's okay for them. But, uh, yeah, so it was only a, that group. You know, at first, uh, my, my uh, client was cautioning me. I said, listen, I, I, I made, it, made a disclaimer. You know, mm. I gave it to them. They, they know. They're aware of it. You know, the people, their assistants, you know, do talk to them. But uh, they don't want to talk to me. Fine. Wow. 
<laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Well, it's it's neat because you end up becoming um, as just the the young kid from Minnesota that could draw and could paint really well. Uh, you really end up becoming like the person to document, and you had a lot of firsthand experience. You you kind of cut your teeth in that same region as all these industries kind of grow and change. So you're in a lot of ways you're the ideal guy to do it. Now, aside from having ridiculous ridiculous technical skills, you're the person that would really get it in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I was I've been here since you know I mean most of the people and. Some of these things, the ARPANET and stuff, was predates me, but the uh, other stuff was developed while I was here. And uh, <laughs> I remember trying to get, get, uh, you know, and, and when I did all of the uh, maps for Biospace, you, you didn't have computers that could could do that stuff, where you could scan everything and move pieces of things together, and um, you know, and make posters from it. So I mean, I used to. to draw and paint the stuff and then take them to my pre-pass guy and we'd, we'd scan the and and, and uh, you know then we print it from there you know wow. it's like uh, so I, I was you know in the early stages uh, I was trying to do medical illustrations on a, a Mac Plus oh my gosh. and uh, and I would keep crashing before I could finish you know I was doing drawings in PageMaker and uh, you know it would you know, I'd almost get it and it would crash. Yeah. And I'd lose oh, time. God. You know, because it was just it was too much for the memory. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, oh, the, the nightmare <laughs> of like trying to get it to render and every. Oh, that's that's hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff, I mean, I personally needed it, too. Yeah. So I was really well aware of um, all the stuff that, you know, I was going through the whole thing, you know, because I ended up being a designer with computers and uh you know, from the early stage. You grew with it too. Uh, so, um, I, I, before I forget, but the Biotech Bay project is still ongoing. You're still doing yes, new maps. I'm still doing new maps. So we've had, um, the company has been sold probably about five times and moved all over the country. Uh, and, but I'm still doing the maps and uh, it's been cut back. Um, we don't do as much anymore, but uh, there's like, I work on five of them a year now and they don't do very many drawings of people's buildings anymore because they've got to charge them a lot more money. Mm. So we pretty much just put the, the logos on. And so I had to make the map much more interesting with other elements rather okay. than uh, the company's buildings. Okay. Okay. Um, gosh, I cannot thank you enough for your time, Terry. Uh, it's really kind of you uh, for letting me just run up on well, you my and, and be able to, to chat with you. genuine thanks for a chance to talk with Terry Geyer. It was a fascinating time. Please feel free to visit him on his webpage at terrygeyer.com T-E-R-R-Y-G-U-Y-E-R.com And of course, feel free to email us at newprojectionscast at gmail. All the best and we'll catch you next time.